Welcome back to the TT Podcast. We're here with Nathan Harrison. If you've not checked out part one, make sure you do that. And obviously you can watch it on TT Plus. If you're watching this on YouTube, head over to TT Plus. You can watch it a week early. Nathan, we left the conversation um, the end of the Manx GP. You just won it. Obviously, everyone knows what happened between 2019 and 22. We had COVID, um, but eventually the bikes got running down Glen Crutchery Road again. You managed to get yourself out on a fire blade, and this is your first ever time at the TT, you know, yeah. as as it is. Yeah. How did that feel, being a TT rider? Because it's one thing being a Mike's GP rider and a winner, but it's, it's, it's a completely different kettle of fish when it becomes a TT, right? It was a dream come true. Like you say, um, I've said it before, like John McGuinness was my living hero. I always wanted to be Joey Dunlop or John McGuinness. I don't know about if I want to be, still be John McGuinness, but <laughs> no, I'm only joking. He's um, yeah, he was like the he was like the man, wasn't he? I always wanted to be John. John was when I was growing up. John was on that HM Plan Honda. He was winning every five mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, he was like the king of the senior TT. Um, I've still got like posters of John under my bed. It was like when he used to sign it and used to beg. He's like, oh, can I have under your bed? Yeah, because I, I used to like stash all my like posters under there it wasn't quite joey so john went under the bed and joey went on the wall that was that's, that he just didn't want to say that far yeah. i'll keep that one for later yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you're yeah. good but you're not that good yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah no is so basically to like go from that to racing with john lee um hutchie all them kind of people that i've watched growing up michael dunlop obviously michael dunlop in the years of me coming to the TT, he was like dominating, wasn't he? Mm. In the recent years, he still is. Um, and yeah, it was just like a surreal experience. It didn't feel real. I think people said to me, oh, it, they're just other people, but it's different when you've been like a proper TT fan, like still I'm a TT fan, and you're like walking up to the, your bike and like, you're like, you yeah. know what I mean? Looking at them all, it's like, it's, it's like a mental experience. So um, yeah, that was the feeling of, getting to the TT, setting off at the TT is, again, completely different because you set off down Glen Country Road. The Manx Grand Prix, um, obviously, it's not as busy. There's not as many people over. But you go down Bray Hill for the first time and it's just like swarms of people yeah. sat there and you're like, all these people are sat here watching me go down Bray Hill and you feel a bit like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling you can't like describe. It's, you're like, I, I don't really want to mess it up. You know what I mean? It's, so but it was my first TT, so I kind of had that advantage. I know I'd done the Manx Grand Prix, but I'd never rode a thousand around the TT course, which is a completely different animal again. Um, and I just actually started my TT by having no pressure. I had a secret little like goal. Every race has a goal. Every racer wants to win, obviously, but that wasn't realistic. So I had like a, a lap time in mind. Mm-hmm. Which, and which was? 126. Yeah. I wanted to do 126. Obviously, 122 on a 600 to 126 on a big bike. There's different variables, isn't there? One's 200 brake horsepower, one's 130-odd brake horsepower, etc. So, um, yeah, I wanted to do 126. So I went out, and on my first night, I did like 122. So it matched my 600 time. Obviously, we'd not been around the TT course for a couple of years. And I was I was happy with that. And then through practice week, every time I went out, I never went slower. Whether it was like 0.5 of a mile an hour or 10 seconds or three mile an hour or whatever, it was always quicker. But it was like steadily quick, quicker. So it was like 122, then it was like 123 and a half, then it was like 124. And then it was like the second to last night of practice, I think. It was like the Thursday night practice. I did like 126.5. And I was like, then I put a bit of pressure on myself because I was like, I've just done my secret goal. Did, Nobody knew did, that. Did, did, when you done that in your head, did you move the, the, the goalpost? The goal did you think, oh, I can do 128 now? I did and I didn't. <laughs> it was like, 
it was weird. I think because I did 126 and a half at that time, the times, as you know, were all a little bit down because obviously, yeah, the, yeah, the break and everything. So it was actually quite a good time at that point of the of the week. And I was like, I was like 12th or something. I was like, it's my first TT. I'm hanging around like this area. And I went and put like a load of pressure on myself, not like others, but my dad was like, what's wrong with you? And then Roisin could see I was a bit like on edge a bit. And I was like, I just feel proper nervous. And this was going out for the Friday night practice. No, sorry, it was a Wednesday night and I did it on the Thursday night. So going out for the Thursday night practice, I was like proper like, like shitting it, if you know what I mean. Mm. And I was like, I didn't feel myself. Normally I'm just dead relaxed and just go out and have fun. Do you know what I mean? But I think because I'd done that, I put like pressure on myself. I was like, I've just done my goal. And obviously nobody knew that was my goal. And I was like, I'm going to have to go quicker than that now. And if I don't go quicker, I'm going to yeah. look like an idiot kind of thing. And I was, so I went out and I went, I did go quicker, but it was like by like 0.1 of a mile an hour. And I was like... And you were probably trying. Exactly, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. felt like I was hanging it out and I felt like I was, wasn't was smooth and I felt like I was all over the place. And I come back in and I was like, as soon as I come back in and took my helmet off, I did two laps on that bike and I was going to go out and do two laps on my other Superstock bike because I had one for like the Superbike. They were both identical, but just to like spread the mileage. And I was like, as soon as I come and took my helmet off, and they said, they were like, I was like, I knew that was going to happen. And they were like, but, so I took a, took a, had like a drink, took like a bit of a breather. And my dad just went, go out, enjoy yourself like you have been doing. Don't think of anything and you'll be fine. I went out and then did like a hundred, I was like 0. 0.1 off at 127 mile an hour. So it jumped like another 0. 0.5 miles. So that's mm. like five seconds ish. And it's just mental how that one night was like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but I'd never felt like that before, but I think it's just like the way that you put pressure on yourself. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's weird. I think it's not like round brands hatch. I don't think you really, or we keep going back to like them examples. I don't think you really care that much, but I think it's, it's a TT and it's such a big thing. Mm. You have like a different type of pressure. Like people always say, Oh, there's no pressure. This that, and the other body, well, but you can never stop yourself from putting pressure on yourself. Can you? So, um, yeah, but then that kind of coming in and doing that, like breather and calming myself down and people are saying, but I was like, do not go out there with pressure on and that's what I did and then all of a sudden went quicker and then I just felt back to my relaxed self again then. I'd gone a bit quicker. I was getting ready for the superbike race and obviously the superbike race it was that was back to like full full nerve mood. I was I I think I was overthinking it because you have never done six laps. People are always like, Oh, the last two laps and then my dad was like, Oh, when I was a travel marshal, you always got ready on the last two laps because everyone's tired, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh no, my dad was like, just pace yourself. Don't don't go like all guns blazing and I was like and he was like do what you do, don't do anything stupid, pace yourself and get through it. And as soon as you get to lap five, as soon as you're there and you're on it, you'll feel completely different. And I was yeah. right. I actually thought the middle two laps of the race were the worst oh, two oh, laps well, of the race. 100%. The first pit stop is like, oh my God, I've got four more laps <laughs> yeah. to do. Then you <laughs> really? get to the second, second one. Oh yeah, you get to the yeah. second pit stop, I think, oh, I'm feeling all right here. Then you get to the fifth or sixth lap, think, oh, I could easily could, do another yeah. two laps. So you, you couldn't. You're, yeah, definitely. But, but it's because you, you can see the you end. See the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, in the first, especially in the Superbike race, because it was my first six lap race, the, the middle two laps, uh, middle two laps, like three and four, I was like, oh no, I've still got two more to go. I need to pace myself. I was going up the mountain, like taking deep breaths. I was like, but it's just, it's because you're overthinking it. If you didn't think about it, you'll be you'd fine. Be fine. But, yeah. And I was fine. I wasn't like, I did my fastest lap on the last lap for the race. Like I, I, I've got like a tendency to do that. I should do that at the start. And then, but um, yeah. So when I got to like the last couple of laps, I was like, I actually feel fine. And then obviously you, you obviously relax. And you're fine, but yeah, before the before the race, I was like proper bricking it, and it wasn't. I say it wasn't the fact of because I was racing down Bray Hill. It was the fact of thinking about all yeah. the variables like around it. 
Um, but once, like you say, Lee, Lee will know this feeling, but when you like come in and you've just done your first senior race and you take your helmet off, it's just like the world has descended. Like, four laps is, is like not too bad, but six laps, you take your leg off and I was like trying to move my legs and everything was like seized in position. And I was like, that bit was bad, but it's just because you've been cramped on a bike yeah, for six so laps. Well. And yeah, your muscles, the next day, actually i wouldn't even say the next day we just sat down in the awning just having like um like a chat and had some food and stuff like that and all of a sudden my body just felt like it just like seized i couldn't move and everything the next day it feels like you've literally been hit by a train i don't yeah. think people understand like yeah. what it takes nothing you can do you can ride a motocross bike you can go to the gym you can cycle 60 miles but nothing prepares you to ride a bike at that speed for six laps i don't think anyone realizes how how hard it is to maneuver well, a bike yeah yeah i even joke even to people because it's like Basically, the race is from Manchester to London, right? Yeah. If you sat on the train, right, from Manchester to London, you'd get up and you'd be stiff, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, oh, mean? Yeah. you haven't even done anything. Yeah. Do you? So you imagine <laughs> sitting, going 100, nearly 200 mile an hour in places over bumps, jumps, dips. You yeah. have to be so precise mentally and physically all in one thing. It's it, it, And even people talk about mile an hour and all these things. It's like, until you try and do that, they've got no... Yeah you know, an understanding of, and that's why there's so much respect for every single person that is willing to ride around there, wants to ride around there. Mm -hmm. That's the respect that is here is, is nowhere else, anywhere I race, whether it's British Championship or no. anything like that. No. But it, yeah, it's, it's those, like you say, that especially the last lap, because I've, I've done a little bit of riding. Yeah. And you, I can get tired after three or four laps of a short circuit. I, I don't know how you maintain the concentration Say, when you get tired, because you have, it is so important to be focused on what you're doing. How, how? I was going to say, I think a lot of it as well, you can be as physically fit as you want, but a lot of it is in yeah. your head. I think if you're mentally strong, I think that is probably a bigger like win than being physically fit. Mm. Obviously you have to be physically fit, but if you can be like mentally strong and say on the last lap, you come on, oh, I'm, f I'm fine kind of thing. Just tell yourself you're fine and everything else. I think... That is like a, a stronger like attribute to have than being physically fit, especially around here. But I guess it's how do you stop your brain just from switching off and drifting somewhere else? <laughs> oh, believe me, that's not the issue. Never. <laughs> no. no. I think not, on a short on. circuit, yeah, sometimes that, that is possible. But here, I think the big thing here is is the momentum with confidence breeds comfort in your knowledge of you can do the job. Mm -hmm. And when you can't, like Nathan said there about... I'd never done six laps. So he was stressing about something, not because he couldn't do it, because he didn't know he'd be able to do it. So that's what the, yeah. the unknown is the worry. Yeah. Whereas if you have, if you breed the confidence in you and you get there, whereas like for, it's no easier to do six laps when you have done it before. Yeah. But if you've got you the mental strength to go, I can do that, I've done that. And that takes, and even then you think of all the worrying he did before, he's wasted 15 or 20 percent of his energy energy worry about what i like what i so i've gained that on him you know straight mm. away or whatever but that's all just part of the process you can't yeah. you can't teach that or tell that you have to figure it's it out for it. yourself yeah and then the the, the confidence so I, don't, the, I still don't think i'll be able to concentrate i struggle with one lap i reckon yeah i think you would as well <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate uh, before we get on to, to, to where that eventually took you, and especially what happened at the senior, because I think we, we, we need to touch on that. Yeah. Uh, what I want to know is how how does your budget change from going from Manx GP to the real TT? Oh, massive. And and what about like team personnel? Because it's still a family-run yeah, team. Yeah. 
But how, so how do you manage to go from Manx GP? Where do you find the rest of the funding to get yourself to the TT on a competitive bike. Do you think we should ask your dad this question? He just opened his pocket. He just account. turns up with his leathers <laughs> in his helmet and goes, oh, we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> That's the whole information. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a massive... I think the Manage Grand Prix... Obviously, the Manage Grand Prix win to me was massive. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I want to get loads of sponsors off this now. But because it's an amateur race... Like I said before, not many people really people know about it, if you know what I mean. So I was sending out begging letters. Lee probably did this as well at one point. You send out like a million and one letters and you think every one of them one of them are gonna come back to me with a million pounds. You know what yeah. I mean? And you think I'm gonna be like the best team and the biggest thing and you probably get like two back saying, I'll give you fifty percent off some I don't know, break cleaner or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then you're like sat there and you're thinking, How the hell am I gonna generate this money? But it's like we've got like a family business, so Lee thinks I don't work. He thinks I just turn up and take pictures of myself. Lee knows the facts. <laughs> <laughs> but I do actually work. So I actually work quite like long hours, but it's like a family-run business. So what you put in, you get out of it, don't you? Yeah. So um, my dad appreciates that. Um, my dad basically, he, my dad's motto always was like, I used to go places and like, oh, it doesn't need a new set of tires. And he's like, it does. And I'm like, we've only done like one session or two sessions. And he's like, it's cheaper to put a 400 pound set of tires in your bike than it is to write the bike off and cost you 15 grand. So his motto of like bike racing was always to have me, give me like the safest possible bike. So nothing was ever scrounged upon. Everything was always like, like top spec, if you know what I mean. Um, so like the Superstock bikes would have been no different to like Lee's bike, Honda's bike, yeah. Michael's bike. You know, everyone's Superstock bike, mine, even if it was a privateer team, would have been equivalent. You can only put so much on a Superstock bike yeah. and it was brand new. Um, but like you say, to find it, it was, like you say, probably hammered my mum and dad's budget a lot. Um, they don't think they had much left after it. Um, like the steam packet, when we were talking about travel earlier in the podcast, um, they come on board after I won the Manx Grand Prix and then give me free travel. So that enabled me to go and get as much oh, mileage nice, as I yeah. can on the bike. And they've been really good. They're like a, they're like a big sponsor of mine. But other than that, there's been like, I've had like loyal sponsors. Like there's a guy called Chris Preston. He he like supplied me like the bikes when I was younger and then he carried on for the Manx Grand Prix and then carried on as a sponsor, if you know what I mean, and just put money in. And it's it's more like, because it was like a close family team. It was just like friends and close, like friends that have like businesses, if you like. They've got, oh, we'll give you two grand here. We'll give you... And it basically tried to make it all add up. Obviously, it was nowhere near as much as what it cost me, but everything at that point helps, you know what I yeah. mean? So I think I went to Alton Park before the TT and one of my gearboxes on my Fireblade actually, like, blew up. I lost the, yeah, obviously that's a week before the Northwest 200. So we had to, like, I had, a, like, a good sponsor, um, and he went hard with my dad to buy a brand new bike just to get the engine out of it because you couldn't get an engine <laughs> for the, to get to the Northwest. My dad was, like, to me, he was, like, I don't think we're going to go to the Northwest, Nathan. We can't afford this. We can't do that. And then, some, like, say, I was lucky enough, like, like, a close family friend, he come along and basically got me out of the thing. I was, like, absolutely devastated because... I'd seen what I wanted to do yeah. and I was like this close and bloody blah, blah and my dad my mom was like to my dad you can't not do anything about this but my dad was also worried because like I said about wanting to have like top, like top of everything so nothing could go wrong he was like worrying then it's like why is that gearbox gone yeah. and is it going to happen at the Northwest 200 is it going to happen at the TT kind of thing and I think it was just a, a fluke sometimes you get the fluke manufacturing defect or yeah. something like that and it happens in racing doesn't it it's a, it's a racing bike at the end of the day and um, so he was worrying about that side of it but we went with a brand new engine, nothing happened, and then that was it for the TT then. But um, 
yeah, basically the budget side of it is just basically on a shoestring, basically begging, borrowing, not really borrowing. Yeah, but like all these, I I think it's amazing that this and a lot of people outside of like fans, like so if you're watching Nathan racing. They've got no understanding of, you know, his bikes are always turned out well, so it mm-hmm. looks right. And they would think they've yeah. got the same budget as any other team. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You yeah, don't. Yeah. And I think that like the amount of times he's mentioned his mum and dad and even his brother and his family friend and things like that, it makes you realise that there's not many things you can do with your child. I know it's very stressful yeah, and yeah. dangerous and everything, but like A, having that family feeling every weekend, mm-hmm. B, you're both parents giving up. Yeah. most of their life <laughs> yeah. holiday you know what i mean yeah. holidays and they've, we've i did the same thing so to be fit to have that and that bond like you see him with his dad and you know what like i was with my dad and everything so i, I know people see it as this maybe a dangerous sport or whatever but the, the thing the joy it gives to families and what families give up yeah. and the closeness and everything is something mm. that that most people will never understand you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. that's like well in in perspective of all that my mom and dad used to always go on holiday like two or three times a year before I kind of went to the next stage. Before, and, yeah, before he stopped yeah, it. I went to like the next stage in racing. So when I was on my little 50k ATM, it was more, they were more than happy putting some fuel and some, you know what I mean? Petrol and oil mixing it and uh, one chain a year or something. But then when I took it to the next level, obviously it changes. But that's what my mum always made, made it clear to my dad. I used to have three holidays a year before he started doing this and all. Like, but, we, we've never spoke about this, yeah. but I knew that from my childhood. That was exactly the exact same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But my dad always kept a sweet. He always like, um, he always made sure she had like one, she loved Barbados, so he always had like one Barbados trip a year and he's like, that'll keep her sweet. That'll keep her sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he used to like sometimes question, oh, she's getting her nails done or her hair, how much does that cost? And she used to reply, how much does one chain cost for his motorbike? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, like you say, that is, that is basically it. And like what Lee said, there's not many, like that was also another thing actually. Lee said about my bikes are always well turned out. So when it's, we always used to do that because we were like proud of what we did. But when people see your bike well turned out, yeah, they think yeah. that you've got a million and one sponsors, you've got a hundred thousand pound coming in. They think, oh, he doesn't need any money. But really, it's just because we we were proud of yeah. what we did and we wanted to like appreciate everybody that had done it for us. So we yeah. made everything look good. Like, like you say, it does come against you. But um, yeah, Nick, no, you can you can always see it from your dad's side because your dad is mad into it. Do you know what I mean? But most people forget your mum probably has no interest other than that's her little boy that's doing something that she doesn't want him to do. Yeah. And she's given up her life and her holidays yeah. and her nails. You know I mean? yeah. So the, the sacrifice that mums make is tenfold what oh, a dad does because sure. the dad's mad. He's thinking, oh, this is great. He's doing what I'm into. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I watched the... Um the documentary oh no, yeah no, yeah no room for error yeah and your mum in that is just yeah it's just brilliant she's like don't know what number he is yeah, i don't know how fast he's going yeah i, I don't care yeah. all <laughs> they care about is your well but yeah that is a fact like yeah. she, she is she i basically come as a personal cook she used to <laughs> cook my food ask anybody else like any of the lads if they wanted a bacon or such as bapping it as i said as soon as he finishes the line as soon as he crosses the line to finish the race i don't care i can just pop my bottle of prosecco yeah. open yeah but that's how it is isn't it do what i mean it's good but you you've you've repaid them all yeah more than with a with a top 10 finish yeah in your first ever senior now your your plan was what top 20 top 20 yeah top 20 and then like you say 126 so i yeah but that changed didn't it once you got first. <laughs> <laughs> it was expected we're going to get the truth out of him here he was expecting to do the 126 on the final lap of the yeah, senior yeah. and be like i'm happy with that yeah but yeah so it changes it was a bit again like like you say i didn't know if i wanted like pit boards or not pit boards because you say in your first year you don't want any you don't want to like think oh shit i can do this or you get i know 
some people it might happen, but obviously it didn't happen to me, but you might get a board saying P3 in your first year and you're like, oh, I could I could win this race and you end up in a hedge, you know what I mean? It doesn't work like that. So, um, but the senior race, it was like, I'd done everything I wanted to do. I'd finished all my races I'd started so far and I was like, it was proper windy, wasn't it? Um, it was like 40 mile an hour winds on the map and I think a few people pulled out. And again, I had that similar situation to the senior. I was like, uh, in the match Grand Prix, I was like, I come in for the first pit stop and I was like, I can't get into this. But I think it was just the wind. I'd not experienced that before, that kind of like weather. Um, and I was like, and I think secretly, do you know what I think I had? I think I had COVID because Paul next door, yeah. he had it and he was dying. And I, I was like, not actually dying. He means yeah, like, yeah, then he was yeah, unwell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clear that up, because then it was, yeah. he's, he's still very much alive. Um, and I was like, I just didn't feel like myself. And I was like, I don't... I, yeah, he pulled out. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I, he must have passed it on, because he was next to me, so I think it must have been like seeping over the top of the, <laughs> the top of like the little tents in part for me. And um, I wasn't feeling it. And I, But then, again, that, that drive and like that mental thing, I was like, I can't, it's my first TT, it's my first senior, I've got to do, like, I've got to finish it, and I've got to, I can't wait till next year to do it mm. again, um, and obviously we went, I was getting better as the race got on, lap four, coming for the pit stop, and again, I just thought, right, that's it, my last two laps of TT, let's go and see what we can do, I was like P13 for most of the race, and um, I was got to Balacrane, but I think I must got the board from the grandstand at Balacrane, and some, there was like a electronic board, I think something must have been putting it out for everybody, and um, it said like P12 plus 10. So I was like, I wonder how like much it is off the top 10. I was like, maybe I could get a top 10 here, my first senior. And I just basically just stuck in. And I, I vividly remember going up Crosby and I was like, right, this is the last ever time you're gonna come up here this year. Let's make it count. So I just strung everything together. I was a bit cautious on the top. And then when I come in and they like, say, I was like 10th and I got over 128 in my first senior TT. I was like, in that wind, I was like, that could have been even better. See that? It's yeah, yeah. Right. He's, Never beat his, he's beat his time. <laughs> well, he's had an yeah. awesome position. He's like, oh, if the wind wasn't there, I could have got My brother and Roisin both said, when they crossed the line, they said to my dad, still won't be happy with that because you'll look <laughs> at it and go, that could have been. But that's what a race is like, yeah. isn't it? You're the same. If you come second, you said, I could have come third. It's like, yeah. could have, should have, would have kind yeah, of thing. You won't do the yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. So you, you always want to be better. But secretly afterwards, when I reflected on what I'd just done, like say, to get top 10 in your first TT, senior TT, I was actually better on my 1,000 than I was on my 600 in TT, but I think it's because I'd spent that much time on my 1,000. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do well on my 1,000, and I hadn't really done many miles on my 600. I kind of like, I think I actually went slower at the TT on my 600 than I did at the Manx Grand Prix, but it's because I've put in all of my time into the 1,000. But like you say, the senior TT is like the TT that everybody wants to win, and do you know do what I mean? Well, yeah. So um, I thought it was a, like a brilliant foundation to obviously build from my first TT to go into 2023. So then 2023, <laughs> at any point did you phone Lee up for advice when, when you got the phone call from, <laughs> from half to, um, no, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's a phone call that not many people get, Yeah. especially after their first TT. Yeah. So that must've been special in itself. Just getting a call from the, the factory Honda saying, yeah, that was it. Well, obviously Glenn was moving around and everyone was saying to me, Oh, you're going to get you you'll be on. Well, people were telling me that I was riding for them before I even knew yeah. I was riding for them. I went to, there's like a sandwich shop in, in Douglas. I, was, I went over there to get some lunch and some fellow shouted to me, I believe you're John McGuinness's teammate next year. I was like, well, you must know more than I do because I just definitely <laughs> don't know that. And then um, it was like November time and me and Roisin, I'd been, I've been with Roisin like four years and because I was always riding bikes, we'd never ever been on holiday or anything like that. So I was like, 
after the year I've just had, I think my mum and dad were like, you need to go on holiday or something. And your mum more than your dad. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> she I was think, like, can yeah, I come? Can yeah, I come? exactly. And um, I think they actually did get a little bit jealous because they booked to go to Barbados like a couple of weeks before. And they're like, when are you going? I was like, this date. And my dad goes, I've just booked Barbados. I think he's just like, they say it, rubbed it in. But um, like you say, the year I had and everything, and as most racers know, the girl, like your girlfriend does go through like a lot of stuff. Like they, they put up with you. They, mm-hmm. um, so I thought, I better do something and like we better go on holiday. So we did that and then I sat in um Where did you go? Ramsey? Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ramsey in the Ramsey Park Hotel. <laughs> Treated it to Murick Park for, for some breakfast. <laughs> He's not even joking. He's been there this <laughs> um, And then we're sat in Gatwick and then it come out in the news that Glenn was leaving Honda to go to Ducati and he signed for Ducati. And I was like, I wonder if I, I wonder if I actually will get a phone call. I wonder if people actually do know more than I know. And I was like, oh, I'm... I'm just getting my hopes up. So I carried on with my holiday. I literally got back, went back to work on the Monday. And my dad goes, oh, someone wants to speak to you. And I was like, all right. So he passed me the phone because he rang my dad because he didn't have my number. And um, he was like, Nathan, what is your plans for next year? I was like, I'm just doing the same again, I think. He's like, have you got nothing sorted or anything like that? And I was like, uh, no, I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing and build from what I just did in 2023. And he was like, well, how would you like to uh, ride one of our bikes? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I was like, what, like, you give me one of your bikes and I'll run it. And he was like, no, no, you ride for us at the TT. And I was like, I didn't know what to say because obviously at that point, like I said, John was like my like hero, hero, hero yeah. yeah. And he, I was going to be his teammate in like the factory Honda team. And I was like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, well I'm not going to say no kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I was like, of course I want to ride your bikes. And he was like, well, um, come over to Lau for your dad or whatever. You can meet everybody, have a chat and we'll make a plan. And I, then that night I was just like laying in bed. I was like, what the hell is happening here? And it's like my second TT. I'm going to be going into the team of like John McGuinness and the factory Honda. And I was just like, this isn't right. Roisin will tell you, I was like sat there watching like videos like factory Hondas at the TT and all that. I was like, it was straight what? out the next yeah. morning in the van, killing yeah. flies yeah. round the, round the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right, Roisin, we're off. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There's no other dispute. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and I was just like, and I was so, like, so excited. I was like, I didn't know what to do. So, it was like a bit of a wait before we went to Honda went in December and we were like confirmed everything and said, we'll do this, we'll do that. And yeah, it was like a proper dream come true. And I think like, to be fair, I think John did have like a bit of an impact in it as well. Cause in 2022 from Silverstone, we were racing each other and obviously all I wanted to do was beat John McGuinness at BSP. Yeah. And I was like, I'm starting behind John McGuinness here. I could beat him. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, I wanted to beat him. So I think the relationship started from, that yeah. we were in part Fermi and he was sat on my bike and he was like how are you riding your bike with handlebars like that and I was like what do you mean because I just get on my bike and ride it. I think yeah. you've experienced I can confirm that. this yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just it, it doesn't matter what anything's like I just get on it and think oh that's all right it feels like you get used to it John sat on it and he said oh the handlebars are in he's like how are you riding it he said it's like it's like a, a like a Harley Davidson bent handlebars or something he's like get them out like this set on my bike and his bike was like that and he's like when you go to the TT you want your bars to be like this because you can like maneuver the bike yeah. and stuff like that and then from there onwards, I just took some of his like little advice at the Northwest. We were racing, and then in the Superbike race, I was like racing him again, and I was like, wanted to beat John McGuinness, and I beat him. And then we come in, and I was like, I finally beat you, and all this. And, and it, it didn't change. Um, even like this year, he knew that I just wanted to, everywhere we went, I just wanted to like beat him. And he was like, I just want to get to the TT kind of thing. And look what happened anyway. But um, he, all the way through that year, him and Harv were like giving me advice and helping with bits and pieces. And I think. I built a relationship with John and then I think John, when Glenn moved, John basically said, why don't you try a young person, try and nurture mm. them through, which was the plan. 
Yeah, because you're here to stay for the TT. There's no... Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, you're in it for the long haul, yeah. aren't you? Not, yeah. Not like, uh, well, whether we'll see Glenn back or not, I, I don't know. Yeah, But not sure. you, you, you're certainly going to be here for a, for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. yeah you're I was, only um, like 38 now, are you? Turn uh, 39 tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got the same uh, syndrome as Steve Plater. His, <laughs> his uh, passport or his birth certificate got lost at 27. <laughs> it's never been found again. So you're down as 25, but yeah. really. Are you 25? Yeah. 25, yeah. yeah. 25. And I'll That's your racing age. Yeah, exactly. I'm a bit gutted because this year, I always wanted to race the TT on my birthday. And then now, coming into 2024, I've seen the dates, and it finishes the day before my birthday. Oh, is it? This year, it was in TT. But obviously, the way the years fall, yeah. like, alternate, don't they? So the senior race is on the 8th, and my birthday's on the 9th. So at least I'll be 25 for the whole of TT. It doesn't want much for his party, does it? Everyone <laughs> coming, no. Everyone's coming over to the island just for my birthday. Yeah. There's a race yeah. on, but it's, it's my birthday. You never know, so. it might get pushed. It might yeah. get pushed to the yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So you never know. It yeah, could do. I shouldn't really wish for that, though. No. It's a bit selfish, isn't it? Very selfish. <laughs> so, um... Did you speak to this man at all about the, the the Honda on the ride? Because you've been there. I didn't, to be fair. Because you knew what you knew. He, <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't need to speak to me. It's <laughs> nothing. Like he, like I, what he's just said about John was a similar yeah. thing. You know, we I'd spoke to John before, and I don't think a lot of people give John as much credit as he should get for helping younger riders. Mm. You know, because there's he's helped a lot. I think um, in that time frame, and some of the things he was saying is the same things he said to me and stuff. So. That is firstly one of the good points. But yeah, I, I obviously rode for them before and stuff, but I think it was just a different time and the the bike was maybe two years too late from being still a good bike and, mm. and stuff like that. But um, now, yeah, it's definitely definitely one of the teams to be on. And I think it, I think it's always good for them to have a Manx person as well or an Onken person, which would Onken. be an Onken, Onken person. Oh, Manx Onken. Man, Manx Onken, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because of the event, and I know yeah. that I think that is something, maybe I'm just old-fashioned as well, I think it's good, you know, the fact there's a, there's a Manx lad on a factory Honda. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That, that is cool. So Especially the young one. Yeah, yeah. Just and it, yeah, he's it. just literally... You know, he's nearly 10 years younger than me and I still look 24, do you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I I see that as a good thing and the fact that John is there and at that point willing to help you and everything, he's in mm. the best place possible. Yeah. But, let's talk about 2023. It's brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> me, and, me and Lee were trying to get, we were trying to like have a fight to see who could get the, the corner named after each other. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Did it you would... both crash at the same corner? Yeah. Well, that shows you what a good. It's a reunion now. Well, I was trying rider. to give him advice, and it just it turned out to be the wrong advice. You know what I mean? So maybe listen to John from now on. Jam the brakes on, lose yeah, the front, yeah. straight into that air fence. You'll be, yeah. you'll be well away. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like it's frustrating for me, and I've been about a while now. So for someone that's like taking that step and everything, it's yeah. it's hard and yeah, more mentally than physically. I think people don't realise the you know what I mean the frustration, and I was like. I was annoyed sitting in my back garden in my wheelchair watching it. He was here. Do you mean? Yeah, and I remember yeah. even seeing you on the, the TV, TV and stuff yeah. and thinking, I, f- I genuinely felt sorry for him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you, and everybody, like, until you ride a bike or ride for a team or do this event, like, even my mechanics, they all love me to pieces, but some of them haven't rid a bike and they're like, we went to the test. They're like, oh, Nathan looks good and everything. I'm like, 
he's on my bike. <laughs> I'm like, I'm devastated. And you're telling me how good he looks. It's like, do you know what I mean? I was like, looks better than you. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, but they mean well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every, every, you have to remember, everybody means well by most comments. <laughs> but in your own brain, it's like, oh, why is that not me? The selfish little, you know, it, and that's oh, yeah. just natural 100%. to be. So he was literally stood here watching everyone for the best weather for two yeah. weeks, ride round his island on his birthday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What? With his arm in a yeah. with his, his arm in a sling. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't ideal, but like you say, the it was leading up to be good. Like you say, we'd be into Spain and everything. I got used to the superbike. I got used to because obviously it was a completely new experience. I'm used to like me and my dad and mom and family, and then like some like outside friends coming in and helping us do the mechanical side and stuff. You know what I mean? Hands on. And I went from that into like this big bright light. You know what I mean? I there's like. A, 20 people I didn't have a clue who they were so I was in the airport with my dad because I was like I said to my dad said, you've got to come with me I said I don't have a like, I'm, I'm only like you know what I mean I was like you've got to come, come. I said I said, and my mum was like there with his hand yeah. there, right? <laughs> and my mum was like get with him he said he's never rode anybody else's bikes before he's only ever been with us yeah. he basically does as he, like, as he wants kind of thing and um, you need to go and like just make sure he's like gets comfortable kind of thing so he hears himself yeah exactly yeah. so uh much to my dad's delight i think lee remembers he was my dad was born shitless sat there in spain it's it's yeah. funny because me and his dad like i knew he'd get on fine and as you do he's yeah. living his dream but i looked at his dad and i seen my dad like 10 years before because my dad did the same things and i remember going up to him and i went you're lost aren't you and he went I've got nothing to do, bless him. I was like, nearly, do you want to come and work on our team? And just like to give you, because he was literally gone from doing everything, everything. Yeah. to absolutely nothing. But yet he's still riding a bike. So it was like his whole world had been turned upside down, yeah. basically. So yeah. he didn't care, obviously, because he was ripping around his bike. But I literally seen him and thought, oh, you poor bugger. Yeah. That's literally what, you yeah. know, what happened. And I remember my dad coming over saying that. He said, Lisa, his dad was exactly the same when yeah. he made the... But like you say... Um, it was a completely different situation and that whole thing for everybody. So obviously I was there and you got to like get used to everybody, haven't you? Work what everybody does. Because I used to, I come in the first time and I went to go and pull a tire warmer off before I went to go out. And like, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, he said, that's what he's for. And I was like, so, but you got to get used to because I like doing stuff as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I'd come in and then I'd be like, like, what do I do now? And like, you just sit here and wait till the next one. And it's, it's, you know, it's getting used to everything, yeah. isn't it? So that was a big change getting used to just like, Everybody waiting on your hand and foot, which is what probably it's basically you... like home life. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, put my feet up and the Hoover comes down and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's it was getting used to that whole scenario because it's a factory team. There's somebody at the back of your bike. There's somebody at the front of your bike. There's somebody reading your data. There's mm. somebody talking to you, asking you what you want to change. So that was a Spain was perfect for that. So I got used to it all. It was still similar at BSB when we started this, at the start of the year. I was still just getting comfortable. Then the Northwest, like all my year was evolving around was going road racing. Like all the year, I was like, I don't want to crash yet. I don't want to crash at Alton Park because it was raining at Alton Park and it was like saturated. And I was like, I just want to get to the TT and I just want to go road racing and this, that, and the other. And then obviously we went to the Northwest 200 and I was enjoying myself, getting used to the superbike on the road because I never rode a, a full blown superbike. I just rode a superstock mm -hmm. bike. And yeah, then the Thursday night coming and obviously once the visor goes down, that's what happens. And I was yep. in, I think I was in a battle of like for fifth, for, like with. Michael, Rutter, Hillier, and John. And I think John, he says, I think I, I, he crashed because he wanted to beat me, but I, I can't really remember because I got knocked out, so maybe that was the case, who knows? But um, I don't, yeah, like you say, 
looking back now though, that, that happened and I was absolutely gutted. I was knocked out in the hospital. And actually, I was all I was doing was asking, how was Lee? Because obviously Lee had crashed in the yeah. morning. So I was, apparently all I was going is, how is Lee? Where's, where is Took Lee? Took a bang on the head yeah. for him to worry about yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> and at Harbour, my dad were like, he's in, um, he's in Belfast. But I kept on asking the same questions because I'd been knocked out. And then I was re-impersonating re Irish accent, <laughs> Belfast and all this. And they wish they had it on accent, uh, like on recording. They were like, we wish we recorded you. And then, because obviously my legs had been smashed a bit before and I'd crashed. I'd, that was like my first proper crash since yeah. breaking my legs. So yeah. apparently all I was doing is, how are my legs okay? I don't understand. I was putting them over the air, like <laughs> hanging them out the bed and bringing them back in. And um, yeah, but that, and obviously I was gutted at the, 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 obviously I knew at that point, I was like, there's no chance I'm going to be doing the TT by the looks of it. And then as a race, it does, you try and say you're going to do it. And mm. I think half of my dad was like, there's no chance he's doing the TT. When did you realize that? I would say I was going to the about chamber and I was like, I can't put my own undies on. You know what I mean? I can't put my own undies on. I can't, I'm wearing like a double XL t-shirt. I was like, how am I going to put a set of levers on and hold on to a 230 like, brake horsepower yeah. bike and go down Bray Hill? But it's your mental, like you say, going back to your mental side, it's your, you got to tell yourself you are. Mm. Yeah. It's like a, a focus, isn't it? you got to keep coming. So that was what I was doing and I was going to the about chamber and um, it's funny when we were at Fruxton last weekend for the BSB and Roisin said to me, she goes, because I've been really looking forward to riding Lee's bikes. Obviously, it's a TT course. It's an iconic bike. And um, Rasheen said for the last race, she goes, whatever you do, do not crash your bike. She said, I cannot be doing with another angry Nathan going past the grandstand, watching everybody turn up. Because we had the Hyperac Chambers on, I go, leap. So I, was, I said, can you stop going past the grandstand? Because everyone was like in pit lane, turning up with the big trucks and all that. And But then, obviously, things happened at home and stuff like that. I obviously lost my mom and stuff. And I think everything happened for a reason. So I look, looking back now, mentally i probably wouldn't have been right to go down bray hill um with everything that had gone on at home so my dad was like i think everything's happened for a reason Harv was like you're not doing it because you're not fit my dad said the same thing which was the truth i knew that deep down and i didn't realize at the time but looking back now i was like how do you know like you know when you're saying about your mind wandering and stuff mm. like that i know it doesn't but when something that big's happened in your life you don't know whether it would um so obviously that was that was a big thing but i like to keep busy so that's why when lee said i was doing the tv and stuff i was like with everything that's gone on i just need to keep going and keep focused and not stop yeah so harv was like are you sure you want to come up the grandstand are you sure you want to do this i was like just keep me busy just do something yeah. to keep me busy give me like give me like a focus so the tt asked me if i would do the like the tt plus um live coverage so i did some nights doing that i did some nights with the team just watching what was going on and with Harv and stuff and yeah it was it was a, it was it was a bit of a blur really but I think once the TT had actually started and the first bikes had gone I was like it is what it is do you know what yeah, I mean I, I, can't, I can't do anything about it there's so much like stuff that's gone on it, it's I can't change the past I can't change anything you just accept it don't you and I every night I, like I know like you can't do it. I was like, oh, he's going faster. And I can't do anything about it. I was like, he's doing this lap time. Yeah. Oh, they're doing 136. What could I have done? And, and it's, but then I was like, there's no point worrying about it because I can't stop them from going faster. I can't make me go faster. Do you know what yeah. I mean? All you got to do is like come back stronger and better next year. So that's basically what I did. And then like you say, Lee, Lee was kind enough to, after the TT had finished, because of my, because I'm with Honda, I had to ride a Honda at the Manx Grand Prix, or if I wanted to do the Manx Grand Prix, and Lee was kind enough to offer me one of his beauties, so that gave me another focus again now. 
for this. Would Lee have been kind enough if Lee was fit, though? Probably not. <laughs> just, just to clear this, they're not actually my bikes. I wish I owned the bikes, but yeah. Lee and his team, yeah. 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 No, yeah, the, the, the guys. And honestly, we've, we've been so chuffed to have him, do you know what I mean? And like what he said, he's had a hard time, mm-hmm. you know, both off the track and, and with what happened at the Northwest. So... I said to Phil jokingly when we went to the test, I says if he wasn't such a nice kid, I'd be. I don't think I'd be fit to stand here and watch. So like even the other night, like seeing him set off, we literally went up to the start line and everything, and I was, I was ha- I was genuinely happy for him. Yeah. It kills me saying it now, but I I was. Do you know what I mean? To see, and like because he understands the the value of them, but I don't mean like money wise, but. The, the history yeah, of them the bikes and the, and what there is there. He's not just some kid that's went, oh, that's a nice bike, yeah. whatever. He, yeah. He's seen his heroes ride around on them bikes, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know it means a lot to him as much as it does to me and, and Phil the boss. I, so. I saw my hero ride it last year. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> now you've got him right here. <laughs> <laughs> so 2024 then, before we wrap this one up, we're still with Honda for next year? I think so. They've not told you any. Wait to that man. He needs the guy in the, the cafe to come and tell him that he's trying <laughs> yeah. for Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Once he get back to that yeah. sandwich shop yeah. tomorrow and see if he's there. No, I th- I was, think it a, was it a two year contract? Was it a? It's a one one year. Yeah. One year deal. But obviously, you didn't. Yeah. Kind of yeah. ride. So. Yeah. I think I think I will be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has kind of like we have kind of chats, but nothing's like sorted do you want me just to release it now Nathan Harrison's going to ride for Honda in 2024 <laughs> boom there you go do we need to look like right down the lens exclusive there you go you got that for free here on the TT plus <laughs> but yeah no well if that's what Lee said then what's yeah, the case it's got, it's and actually I'm now as manager so Harv I want 20% of what <laughs> and double the Do- wages yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's the plan I think so yeah yeah I think yeah. so like you say it'll be good to get a proper shot they say, I know it wasn't their fault, and it probably was my fault. I didn't stay on the bike, did I? So, um, but it would be get like you say, it would be, like what Lee said to have like a Manx person on a factory Honda setting off down Bray Hill. Mm-hmm. It would be good, and it's like a dream of mine. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, fingers crossed. Something. And what are the uh, what are the secret goals? Secret goals. Well, we we secret. want a mile an hour right now to, <laughs> before we finish. That's the hundred and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you'll be safe with that. They're a secret yeah, yeah. goal, so yeah. you're not allowed to have them. I'm not. That's a shame. Right, normally... Quite totally. <laughs> normally when Plate is here, we do a quick-fire question, and that's how Plate rounds it off. Have you have you brought any... No. Nope. All right, so I'll, I guess I'll do it then. <laughs> he loves St- throwing me under the bus, doesn't Steve, he? I hope, I hope I do you proud, Steve. Right. <laughs> how does Steve say it? One or the other, no need for an explanation. You just give me the answer. So you're gonna throw me under the you, bus. You know, now, you know, you? you know when you said quick fire questions. Just because he's from the Isle of Man, he understands. <laughs> he, he has seen TV programs <laughs> like they've what? got television well, over let's, here. Let's see. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? What happens if I can't answer it quick? Just stutter. Dunlop, or, <laughs> Dunlop or McGuinness? Oh, that's not gonna be quick. No, see? quick. See? Don't Dunlop, let me down. Dunlop say one or the other. Dunlop or McGuinness? McGuinness. Lager or beer? None, I don't drink. Ooh. <laughs> Ginger Hall to Ramsey or Ramsey to Cronknamona? Ramsey to Cronknamona. Outright lap record or senior TT win? Senior TT win. Wheelies or stoppies? Wheelie because I can't pull a stoppie. <laughs> <laughs> World Superbikes or MotoGP? MotoGP. Harv or Lee Johnston? Harv Johnston. 
That's a dangerous combination. Manx kippers or queenies? Oh, kippers, yeah. Yeah? Definitely kippers. Can't beat a kipper. I mean, I, I don't know neither. No comment. Yeah. They stink, though. And the final question. Pineapple or never pineapple on pizza? I'd have pineapple on a pizza. Oh. Good. Only a five a day. I like it. There we go. Nathan Harrison, (laughs) good luck for the rest of the week here at the Manx, and we will see you in 2024 on a factory Honda. Definitely. You've seen it here. (laughs) Cheers, mate. So, Lee, that's your first podcast over and done. Was it as nerve-wracking as you thought? What does people say when it's your first of something? You popped your cherry. I feel enlightened. Yeah? No, enhanced. Seen how the professionals do it now? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the boys in the background. Oh, yeah. There's actually 25 staff here standing with a... Uh... Go on, go on, go on. Oh, the right Don't edit this out. Cue card. Okay. Yeah, cue card, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did, to be honest. Did you uh, Did you get anything... I've learned a lot. Well, go on, then. Tell well, me what you basically what Nathan told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long few days, this, recording these, will they? It was good, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I honestly, I think what came through is what a honest, good kid he is. Do you know what I mean? And how much support he's had of his family and different things like Question that. Question for you, right? Do you think him being as nice as he is is going to be a hindrance when he starts to get near the top of having to win? No, because I'm really nice. <sighs> is that why you've never really won a pot <laughs> That's why I've never won anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think you can't be fooled. There's a lot of people in this world that people think, oh, he's a nice guy and he's pleasant and everything, and they put a helmet on or they put a pair of boots on mm-hmm. or they put, get on the bike. You know what I mean? There, there's a different, it's a different, a different mindset. Yeah. yeah. So, And you don't become good at something by being nice all the time. Do you think you'll win a TT? I, I don't know. I hope so. I hope so even for the Manx fans, do you know what I mean? Mm. Because in my head, I believe Conor Cummins should have eight or ten TTs by now, you know, before before that big accident happened mm-hmm. that was, he, he had smoked everybody. So um, I think the fans here on the island, which there is a lot of, um, deserve that. Yeah. Especially the Onken. The Onken Massive. The Onken Massive, <laughs> yeah. They'll be out in force when he wins one. Lee, tell very much. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one, maybe. I'll see you there. Well, that's it for this episode of the TT Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening, especially as it's Lee's first time, and we'd love to read some lovely comments about Lee. Lee and I will be back next week, where we'll be speaking to Craig Neve, and here is a little taster of that episode. I probably turned up at the TT probably in the worst shape I ever have done, although we had a probably the best TT I've had done, probably due yeah. to the years I've been coming, but things just got easier in a week, and I was seeing Isla Scott, and she was helping out, and it was just... Um, yeah, it was tough, mate, but I ain't the only one who's riding injured and everyone's got a little something going on, aren't they? That next episode will be available next week on this podcast feed, but if you can't wait till then, you can watch it right now over on TT+. Plus. If you head to ttplus.iomttracers.com and sign up, it is completely free to do so, and there is so much more special content on there that you can watch. Either way, I'll be back next time with little Lee Johnston. See you, Lee!